today's episode of the Keep Going podcast, we talk with Derek, the founder of Analytics Odyssey. Derek helps small business owners understand what data matters to their business, how to find that data, and what to do with it. Derek, thank you very much for being with us today. We really appreciate your time with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So here, just getting started a little bit, why don't you tell us a little bit about your business and how you got started? What what motivated you to just shove off on your own and, and do your own thing? So I run a data management platform. We do consulting and data science for companies uh, based out of Lehigh, Utah, but service, you know, really wherever it's data. So yeah. let's see. So you guys want to hear when I jumped off and started my own business, I would say I've done that twice. The first time it was back in, I believe this was 2018, I was running a data team that was building a product for a company called RainFocus. And they were a startup based out of Utah. I was the 10th employee there and we grew to 200 employees in two years. Holy cow. Yeah, it was a lot of growth and it was a lot of fun. It was really exciting. But I've had an entrepreneur mindset since I was young. My dad, he owned a business. So that was kind of what I wanted to do. During that period of growth, we invested in some career development coaches and for the managers, and I was one of them. So I, I took part in that. And I wouldn't say it was like incognito, but I mean, we were really just, she was coaching me on how to be a better entrepreneur. Yeah. I see. And I, I started a website. I picked a company name all while, you know, uh, leading a team and, and fully doing this thing. And it came the summer of that year, I, I finally took the brave jump. And, and left to start really my own consulting gig. And I had nothing to land on. And that's, that's what I learned is important is like, where, where are you going to land? You know? And I, and I've kind of, I'm pretty brash that way anyway. So I think I was hunting for customers or work or, or something in the middle for maybe six to eight weeks. I landed on uh, working as a consultant for a data company and then finally ended up just taking a full-time job because of the, the work. And I did that for six months. I didn't like where I was at. So I found another full-time job. And my first day was on the first day of COVID. It was like March 15th. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and we went on to like a pay cut and everything. And, and during that, that time, I fought, stayed there, stayed earning money. And the, the spring came up. I'd been there for like nine, 10 months. And an opportunity came through when I was a consultant to still consult and provide data products for an e-commerce company. And I started to do that moonlighting. And I got to a friction point where that wasn't okay with my boss and I had to make a decision, right? And, and I remember, I mean, I was crying. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, like I wasn't expecting the conversation to come up and it came up in the morning and it was, it was kind of like an ultimatum. Like you need to either work full-time for us or you know, you got to figure something else out. And I'm not sure if, if on the other end, he was sitting comfortably ready to have me grovel back to do yeah. a full-time job. But uh-huh. I, I caught him off guard when I was like, well, I need to think, <laughs> I need to think about that. I don't, I don't know what the right response to, uh, here is. And when I got off the phone, they, they terminated everything like access and stuff. And, and my wife just talking to her, like, what do I do? Oh, she's man. like, you go all in, you make this jump. And I did. Oh, yeah. wow. wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I made the jump. I let him know that like I wasn't willing to drop the contract. And 
within the day I had a contract with them. So they became uh, they my became second your, your client. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and that's really what got me that early traction and and I've been building out from there. Wow. That's a really cool. We have a little bit, we should probably, you know, we have a little bit of a, a cool connection with you because you, you, we work for, you're one, we're one of your clients, right? Yeah. And so yeah. this is, this is really cool for us to hear the, the full story and like get the, get the whole picture. So tell me a little bit more about that emotional. There's, there's got a, that seems like an emotional journey. Oh yeah. You know, you're working. You basically, it's like a, you got to make a decision Yep. And, and you don't know what's on the other side of that decision. I mean, you, you don't know exactly what he's thinking. It turned, luckily it turned out positive, but mm-hmm. what were some of the emotions associated with uh, going through that experience there? Yeah, and what does a data, you know, scientist, how does someone like, how do you make a decision like that? Are you going through data points in your head to yeah. try and weigh out the pros and cons or is this, or is it mostly emotional gut feel, gut feel type yeah. of decision? That's a good question. As a data scientist, I'd like to think I am very secure in whatever decision I do make. And I've, been, I've taken a long time to make sure that that's true. So I don't feel that risk of leap like maybe some people would oh, yeah. when it comes time to start up a business, right? To me, I'm just being me. You know, I'll, I'll be me for somebody else or I'll be me for me. But one way or the other, I've, I've found that the market finds it quite valuable. But man, is it an emotional trip? Like when you're worried about groceries, right? Like when you've worked harder than you've worked ever before and you've made more money than you've ever made before and you're more broke than you've ever been before, <laughs> right. like you're, you're in it. And that's, that's a, an emotional toll for you. It's an emotional toll for your family. And maybe some entrepreneurs don't quite come to expect that or don't have that strength. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think one thing I've learned is, is empathy towards entrepreneurship and to the people that start those companies. Cause it's a long road. Yeah. It's a lot of work. How did you find to, to cope with that emotional journey? I'm a man of routine. I think everybody thrives on it. So yeah. to me, I need to lean on my, my safety nets, communicating with my spouse, having a good family balance. That was important to me. The gym is very important to me. Fitness. That's what I wake up and do every morning. And that's never strayed wherever I've worked. So that's nice to, to fall back on. Yeah. But then I, I have a, a network of people that I know and trust that have gone out and done their own thing. And, you know, their advice to me is bet on yourself. Like there's no better person to bet on than yourself. And that struck because it's true. Like I've, I've found I'm successful at what I do regardless of what I'm doing or where I'm doing it at. And, and it's still true today. That's interesting. It seems like you've, you've got this kind of success through self care and progression, right? This, this focus first on taking care of your health and your wellness, right? Cause a lot of people will say, well, that time in the gym, how's that helping you be successful, right? Yeah. That's not getting you more clients. That's not billable time. Right. So, but it sounds like your mental and physical well-being and you know as you talk about your your family communicating with your spouse and stuff has actually become the key to your success no matter what you're doing oh yeah absolutely and i think that will always be the case the challenges i face today are today's challenges and they will go away but yeah there's the that consistency of of having a family and having a routine that I, I know works for me and is beneficial for me that 
I'll have always. I just had a thought. We probably ought to back up a little bit. We've been talking about data scientists and, and what you do. The first time that we met you and, and you told me what you do, I think it took you about two hours to describe it to me before I, I under, started to understand it. Yeah. <laughs> so for everybody who's listening, how would you describe, you know, like in, in two minutes, what would you say a d- data scientist is? Or, or maybe a better way to ask the question is, is if, if I was to ask your parents what you do, what would they tell me that you do? <laughs> or would they know how to describe what you do? <laughs> oh, that's a good question because I, I get a lot of different flavors and I even like spit out a bunch of different flavors of what I do just because it depends on depends who on you audience. are, yeah. right? Yeah. My parents would say I do like reporting and statistics for tech companies. Okay. So they'd be like, oh, he works in tech and he loves math and he loves <laughs> data. I would think if, if the listeners on this, on this podcast are like business owners, then to think in the mindset of a business uh, and what I do for that business, I would, I would turn it around on them and I would say that the, their business as a, as a living, breathing thing its knowledge as it goes forward will only be like, it would only exist within data, like events that happen, things that happen in your business will be forgotten unless it's in data. And I think the companies that have realized that have just started to cling to whatever data means to them. Right. So in the business world, it's common to get leads and to think about customers and potential customers and a data scientist would be at the beginning, middle of and end of what the flow of the data that comes in for on on behalf of that customer and what you should do about it. So yeah, that's the that's the that's what, cool. yeah. five minute version. And, and it's like, <laughs> oh still, what do we do? And and so Mizuma, you guys mentioned that that I've I've worked for you guys and, and helped provide you value. So how would you describe what a data scientist does? Well, we had a two hour conversation and then I just turned it over to Ben. So I'm going to let Ben answer that question because he, he's the one that's been working with you. It's hard to, to really encapsulate what you do. And, and frankly, because you've, you came in with all kinds of different things you could do. And we ended up saying, okay, well, that's overwhelming. Can you just help us with this one thing for now? And you've done an amazing job at that. But I guess it's, for us, you've been able to retrieve and reformat and digest massive amounts of data and bring it into a an environment where it is useful to us. Yeah. And know. has allowed us to accomplish business objectives that without you as a tool, you know, would be extremely difficult to execute. Yeah. And I, and I think a lot of businesses get to that point where it's like, okay, we have no one in this company that can do more. Yeah. Like we either got to throw a degree at someone to go <laughs> learn, or we got to hire it externally and find professionals that know that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. So being in the numbers world, it, when you, when you meet with us, us, you know, a lot of our listeners are just starting businesses or, or, or are fairly new into business. What would you tell them are of all the data that they could look at? What are the numbers that they should, should focus in on? Yeah, that's a good question. So I'm going to say if you're a business owner, you probably have customers. Like whether that customer is a person or another business, like you have a customer. And that's probably the most important thing about data that you should focus on if you're not already. And and 
will be the thing that you focus on with the data strategy for the rest of your business is the customer and the data collected around that customer. I would focus around the experience of the customer before they become a customer, right at that touch point of when they become a customer and the touch points following that and, and having a map of what that looks like and being comfortable with it, knowing how many, like every day, knowing your numbers. And as you become more comfortable with those customer numbers, you will grow, you'll grow out measurement techniques from there on how to change behaviors that you want to see, whether that's more customers, better conversion, or uh, more engagement from your customers after they've converted or upset. Like those are all things that you should be considering, but it's all kind of centered around the customer. That's super, super valuable perspective. And it seems like as soon as a business owner is willing to accept the fact that they won't always know everything about their customer, they won't always know everything about what's going on in their business and that they need to stop and spend some time looking at data to either confirm or, you know, change what their gut is telling them they think they know. And maybe that's probably something every small business owner, as, as they progress and start growing, needs to realize is that when your business is just starting out, yeah, you, you can know a lot about what's going on, but it doesn't take very long before there's things happening uh, that you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. And that if you're not careful and paying attention, you can make bad decisions. Yeah. And, and I would say it's kind of like grade school and math. And, and I call it analytical maturity. There's specific phases that your business will go through in understanding how to use data. And you can't skip really any phase. Like you have to go through this maturity phase. And the more you delay it and not like push it off, the more it becomes a problem when you recognize, oh, I really wish I were more mature to handle this situation right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like this thing that came up, I could really use some more mature strategies, but here I am in, in Excel. And spending, you know, <laughs> massive amounts of full-time resources just to like handle the problem. Yeah. So we won't take that as a personal example of your shame <laughs> from, from our experience. Nope, not at all. <laughs> so uh, what, what would you say, you know, we can make mistakes. What are some of the biggest mistakes entrepreneurs and small businesses might make when it comes to their data? Not having it. Like, I think that's putting it off till tomorrow's problem is maybe not recognizing the value that it can be. They keep saying this, but there's been more data collected in the last two years than there has been in all time. And, and what that means is just that there's an exponential growth. And if you're not on the forefront of it, then you're on the back of it. And that's where your competition is leaving you behind. Yeah, And I think that's what people who buy off on that Kool-Aid, that's what they start to realize is like, oh, well, you know, whether it's a chicken and the egg type scenario, like we were growing and then we started investing in a data strategy or, you know, we invest in a data strategy and then we started growing, like it's kind of hand in hand. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely see regardless like of how small the business is, when you make that decision of like, oh, I'm going to use data to solve my problems, like you can solve more problems and the problems you solve are scalable and like better to sell. Right. Like yeah. they're, they're better for your product and your business overall. Yeah. That's cool. Going back to, to your business uh, specifically, 
again, you're in business back to full-time employment and then sort of given an ultimatum to get back into, into, into your own business and you went for it. In any of those experiences, what's the thing that kind of caught you by surprise as far as like, oh, this is, this is different than what I thought it was going to be? I would say it's hard to switch your mindset into everything that you've achieved up into this point is irrelevant. Like as a person, like you have this resume <laughs> and you're ready to go out and apply to jobs. And you're like, look at all these things I did. But when you become an entrepreneur and, uh, and you have a business, like no one's going to take your personal resume. This is a business. <laughs> right. And, and I think that that was a surprise for me. What I learned from that though, is it's the energy and the effort that you put into attaining those achievements that carries through and that uh, you'll see within your business as you go forward. I learned that as a management thing just with people is, is it really is the effort and the work and not like the achievement that, that is the value. And I think uh, that's what I've kind of learned to stick to and, and that I've continued to see yeah. on the, the business ownership side. That's an awesome thought. We've actually, you know, we've been doing this for a while. We've never had anybody explain it that way, but yeah, we're kind of trained our whole lives to, to be these resume builders, right? Yeah. You get a school, get this. And then all of a sudden you start your own business and they're like, what is your business done? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, well, nothing, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have you, this great resume. <laughs> and like you, you want to think you're doing like these amazing things, but it still comes down to like time, yeah. right? You can't fake it. You can't morph it. You can't rush it. And when it comes to a business, like years of experience is an important thing. Mm -hmm. So you, you want to go around like, oh, look at all these personal achievements I did. I've <laughs> opened my business three months ago. Please trust me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, a, what a great response. So Derek, what is it uh, in the course of, of running a business that makes you feel inspired these days or, or like your best self? I think I have a growth mindset. So- I didn't know what a growth mindset was as a kid. And really for the first maybe eight years of my working career, those who don't know it, let me just yeah. play a scenario. There's always, there's more than enough and no one's handcuffing you to your, you know, progression. Like if you think that you're a victim out there of something and, and that's why you're at where you're at, then you're going to stay stuck at where you're at. And for me, I learned there's a flip of a switch within your mind that determines that there's more than enough that everybody can win and that the more people that you help to do so that returns tenfold to you and for me i i love as a business owner to take the opportunities that i have to help others and to see people helping me you know uh, and i see that a lot just people that would love the opportunity to come and work for me and, and help me grow on that. And that is pretty awesome. What a great mindset. I feel like we're talking about all kinds of different principles that school and college just do not deliver, right? There's so yeah. many elements to development and success, quote unquote, that you, you can't learn in a classroom, right? It takes the visceral, personal human experience to discover some of these treasures. And I think that that growth mindset where you finally realize it's not all competing against one another, even though we're taught competition is a good thing and it's what drives the market forward and what facilitates innovation and all that. But there's this other side that says, no, that's, that's not the way to look at it. You know, there's, there's enough for everybody. And if I actually, I gain, I grow by 
helping others. Oh yeah. Have you seen this economy? It's massive. Like the number of dollars <laughs> yeah. that are floating around. If if you think that there's a scarcity of them, then you're not yet Amazon. Like there's so much money out there. Yeah. Just find a way to help others. And that's just going to keep, keep the economy going forward. So, yeah. So if you were to think back, what, I mean, kind of staying in this train of thought, what would you say was the, is a quality or a characteristics that uh, is, I don't know, required is the right word, but it is helpful for, for someone who's starting a, a small business. Would it be that growth mindset or are there other things that come to mind? Maybe I'll couple that with a question about, I want to talk about failure because that's, that's an important one, right? Like I think there's a fear of it. There's a discomfort with it when it happens and there's a, like an avoidance of it. But what I've kind of come to learn, and this has been throughout my career, but then also out throughout owning a business is that the times you fail, they were unavoidable. Like to fail would be to not try. You wouldn't succeed unless you had failed kind of thing. And, and that's what I've learned is like that failure is really delayed victory. Maybe is how I can yeah. learn it. And, and, you know, I've had times in my career where I've definitely felt like I've poured everything into it and it didn't work out and it was a failure and it, like took the breath away from me, but time goes by and I can look back and I can see exactly the domino that fell at that point in time that led to the next domino and the next one and where that opportunity opened up later on. And, and I think when starting the business and really early on, just sit in that discomfort and you'll, you'll find that victory. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is it? What uh, is it about uh, vision or purpose or what is it that it gives you the confidence to sit in that uncomfortable space though? Because a lot of people will say failure, failure is uncomfortable. It makes me look bad. I don't like, or, you know, other things, what gives you the ability to just sit there and say, okay, that was a, that was a failure, but, but we're moving forward. Trust. I have it with those that are around me. I have it. I expect it with those that I interact with. And when I fail, it is not because I wanted things to fail. Like I want you to trust that I gave everything that I had and I threw it at this. Yeah. And there's no one better to do it. So let's try again kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what a positive outlook on it. I mean, I think about this often, how our, our day as a small business owner is actually a lot of times it's filled with a ton of failures and a, a few successes throughout the day. Those failures turn, turn into opportunities to change and adjust and, and continue to do things. You know, they're not these detrimental ones that like handicap you or, but it, it's a lot of trial and error. And usually there's a lot of error, you know, yeah. and, and then, you, then you're making adjustments and trying to figure out a way to go forward. But if you have a, a, a negative outlook on things and you don't have that, you know, trust in yourself or trust from your teammates or trust from your clients, then it can go south pretty fast. So yeah. Yeah. Or trust in yourself, in yourself, right? Like yeah. that failure, you're, you're the, probably the one labeling it as failure, as failure. in the first place. You know, no one out, you don't have like a group of people following you around your life and throwing <laughs> stones at you for failing. Right. You know, so like to trust yourself and know that like you did an awesome job, you gave it everything. Yeah. You failed, but yeah, way to go. Yeah. Uh, that really kind of helps you for the next one. Yeah, I love what you said about you define it yourself. A lot of times I think we define, we label something as failure that actually is step forward. It is just us calling it that. Yeah. And really it's 
in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's the process. Yep. So maybe we've already covered this. Maybe we haven't, but just digging down further, what's, what's one lesson your experience has taught you that you hope every other entrepreneur could understand? I like to think about time a lot. This this kind of might start weird, but we'll see where it goes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you can't change it like time. It ticks and it goes forward and that's the only direction that it heads. So it's up to you to make use of it. Otherwise, it's just going to happen and you're going to notice that it, it went. I think the importance of owning your time, what you do with it from the moment you wake up to the moment that maybe you go to bed or not because time got away from you or whatever. But like having a plan for, for how you're going to use your time is, is extremely important. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love that uh, solid approach, the fully accountable approach. Yeah. Right. And when you mentioned that victim mentality earlier, it reminds me of that. Like people could just realize how much power they have because they've been allotted time. Yeah. In their and, life. and that it, it's never like you're not stuck. The moment you say you're stuck, three seconds have passed by and time has gone forward. Both my parents went back to school. My dad changed his career after becoming an entrepreneur and decided he wanted to, to focus out of engineering and into quality, he just like went through it, a whole different learning experience. For me, when I was 10, I knew I wanted to do numbers. Like back then, the number one job in America was an actuary. And that's what I wanted to do. I didn't take a single extra class. I graduated with exactly as many credits in college as I needed, both in my undergraduate and graduate degree. I was 23 by the time I had finished my master's degree. And I already had two years of working experience as a, as a data scientist. And it was because I knew what I wanted to do. And also I had mapped exactly how I was going to do it and how long it was going to take. I would have told you when I was 15 that I wanted to start my own consulting agency and as an actuary. And if you look at what I do today, it's no different. It's just that they call an actuary a data scientist in non-insurance related That's right. field. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like I, I passed all the accreditation exams. I did all that stuff, but I, I honestly, I didn't want to move into a big city and lose out on the opportunity uh, to have a family and have them close by and, and to have that work-life balance. Uh, speaking of work-life balance, we'd love to get people's perspective on this. It sounds like you've done a, a really good job and have been fairly regimented as, as far as being disciplined in what you do. How does the family life come into that as well and the personal life? Yeah, that's a good question because I don't work past five o'clock ever. Like a data emergency, it doesn't happen very often because like that's a secondary thing to your business. Yeah. Most people's businesses, it's like things happen and then let's worry about the data second. But for me, I have boundaries. I have my own personal boundaries. I have boundaries within my work. When I'll communicate with people, you know, if it's after hours and you're messaging me, like, well, I'll stonewall not discuss it because <laughs> I'll look at the phone and I'll read it and I'll think about it and I'll let that infect me. But I won't do anything about it because I refuse to work 
while I'm having my family life. And that to me is the balance. And I can, I can play that teeter pretty well. Yeah. That's good. A lot of people can't. I, it's hard right now. Like with COVID, I don't, sometimes I don't know if I'm a dad or if I'm working like, and I definitely know my three-year-old. He doesn't know. <laughs> like he thinks it's fun to shut and open the laptop a bunch of times. Yeah. And it's, it's weird trying to feel like I'm getting balanced during that time. But I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, there's been some times I'm playing blocks at like 10 AM and I'm just like, wow, I've never had, like, I didn't get this experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like what an incredible opportunity I have. You know, it's uh, on the flip side, I'm frustrated that I'm not working and that's the balance, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, with our, our previous podcast pointed something out is that that's, it's a great way to stay focused on what you're working for. Yeah. Your kids, oh, right? your family and constant reminder that <laughs> of why you do what you do. Yeah. And I and like as an entrepreneur and someone owning a business, it's a great opportunity to think that people who who are working that they don't want to be working. Like they want to have a life and they want to be living with their family. And I feel like we all of a sudden just figured that out. Like, Hey, there's a lot of us that can figure out how to work and have a family life almost at the same time. Right. (laughs) You know, yeah, that's kind of what I've started to map to or, or figure out. It's good. Unfortunately it took, you know, took a pandemic to get us to figure that out, but yeah. Um, I think a lot of people have realized that and, and it, it, it helps, uh, you know, as it, like, I think what you were pointing out is a, as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur, you're like, okay, well, they value that just as much as we do. Th- then you can adjust and build your processes and, you know, the things that you do around that. And I think it, everybody wins in that situation. Yeah. I, th- I think the, the people that didn't have the most integrity before the pandemic, like, and I'm talking like managers specifically who who felt like the value of an employee was in a desk or yeah. in a chair. Right. I'm glad we proved them wrong. Yeah. Like I'm glad America or the world stood up and said like, Hey, we're still working right. here. Yeah. Like <laughs> the economy's still going forward. I'm doing my job, but I don't want to come back. Like I want to <laughs> stay here or, you know, like yeah. this is, this is a good thing. So. Yeah. And I, I think at the end of the day that, you know, there's some, there's some people that still, you know, they like to go to work and go to work and yeah, that's available to them still. And there's people that are, you know, Hey, I like to, I like to work from home and have a little bit of, you know, what that has to offer. And so I think there's some sort of a hybrid will come out of this, but definitely. It, it's definitely uh, been enjoyable. I think people are generally happier, right? Yeah. Spending more time with your family is making you a little more happier surprise. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Derek, it's been really good having you here. You've imparted some real neat nuggets of wisdom for us. So we, we thank you. Uh, this podcast is all about helping small business owners realize that just because they're not the next Facebook or the next Tesla, what they're doing still has meaning and purpose and success isn't always about becoming a billionaire. So to help add that, add to that perspective, and we like to help those small business owners just get from where they are to the next, from, from where they are to the next point, next checkpoint in their life, what can keep them going, keep pressing on towards that next goal of theirs. So what, if you kind of boiled down our, our conversation today, what would you say keeps you going on a day-to-day basis? I grew up a twin. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I, I still am a twin. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still growing up, still a twin. <laughs> but I guess, you know, we don't live with each other anymore. I grew up in comparison and comp- competition, you know, and, and it was, it turned healthy when we were like two and onwards. So I have a really great relationship with wanting to be better. And 
I think that's a lot of what drives me each and every day. And it's not in a negative comparison. I see that a lot of it, maybe people didn't grow up a twin and learn the healthy, that comparison can have a, a health amount to it. But to me, it's the version I am today. I can be better than that tomorrow, you know, and I am the best version of myself today because of that attitude every day. And I think that's still will be my attitude regardless of the situation or the circumstance in front of me is I want to be my best self today and I want it to be better than who I was yesterday. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for, for that and for, for everything. Where can our listeners connect with you and learn more about your business? If they're, and, and here's another question. Is, is this, you know, some people here, data scientists, I know we've talked about small business. Is this something that any business owner should, should learn more about and, and find out if they can use your services? Yeah, definitely connect with me. I can tell you how you can use data for your business and competitive advantage. Uh, our company's name is Analytics Odyssey. So if you go to analyticsodyssey.com, you'll see what we're about. You'll be able to get in touch with us from there. Awesome. And for, from a non-data scientist person, I would encourage people to do that because your eyes will be open to a whole new world that's out there that you don't even know what, that uh, is available to you. So it's, it's an incredible journey. Thanks, guys. Thank you. We hope today's podcast gave you some valuable information that can help you grow and manage your business. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.